Appendix One of Kokoro Hints and Echoes of Japanese Inner Life by Lafcadio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Appendix One Three Popular Ballads. Read before the Asiatic Society of Japan, October 17, 1894 during the spring of eighteen ninety one i visited the settlement in matsue izumo of an outcast people known as the yamanomono some results of the visit were subsequently communicated to the japan mail in a letter published june thirteenth eighteen ninety one and some extracts from that letter i think it may be worth while to cite here by way of introduction to the subject of the present paper the settlement is at the southern end of matsue in a tiny valley or rather hollow among the hills which form a half-circle behind the city few japanese of the better classes have ever visited such a village and even the poorest of the common people shun the place as they would shun a centre of contagion for the idea of defilement both moral and physical is still attached to the very name of its inhabitants thus although the settlement is within half an hour's walk from the heart of the city probably not half a dozen of the thirty-six thousand residents of matsue have visited it there are four distinct outcast classes in matsue and its environs the hachiya the koya no mono the yama no mono and the eta of suguta there are two settlements of hachiya these were formerly the public executioners and served under the police in various capacities although by ancient law the lowest class of pariahs their intelligence was sufficiently cultivated by police service and by contact with superiors to elevate them in popular opinion above the other outcasts they are now manufacturers of bamboo cages and baskets they are said to be descendants of the family and retainers of taira no masakado heishino the only man in japan who ever seriously conspired to seize the imperial thrones by armed force and who was killed by the famous general taira no sadamori the koya no mono are slaughterers and dealers in hides they are never allowed to enter any house in matsue except the shop of a dealer in geta and other footgear originally vagrants they were permanently settled in matsue by some famous daimyo who built for them small houses koya on the bank of the canal hence their name as for the eta proper their condition and calling are too familiar to need comment in this connection the yama no mono are so called because they live among the hills yama at the southern end of matsue they have a monopoly of the rag and waste paper business and are buyers of all sorts of refuse from old bottles to broken-down machinery some of them are rich indeed the whole class is compared with other outcast classes prosperous nevertheless public prejudice against them is still almost as strong as in the years previous to the abrogation of the special laws concerning them under no conceivable circumstances could any of them obtain employment as servants their prettiest girls in old times often became joro but at no time could they enter a joroya in any neighbouring city much less in their own so they were sold to establishments in remote places a yama no mono today could not even become a kurumaya he could not obtain employment as a common labourer in any capacity except by going to some distant city where he could hope to conceal his origin 
but if detected under such conditions he would run serious risk of being killed by his fellow-laborers under any circumstance it would be difficult for a yama no mono to pass himself off for a heimin centuries of isolation and prejudice have fixed and moulded the manners of the class in recognizable ways and even its language has become a special and curious dialect i was anxious to see something of a class so singularly situated and specialized and i had the good fortune to meet a japanese gentleman who although belonging to the highest class of matsue was kind enough to agree to accompany me to their village where he had never been himself on the way thither he told me many curious things about the yama no mono in feudal times these people had been kindly treated by the samurai and they were often allowed or invited to enter the courts of samurai dwellings to sing and dance for which performances they were paid the songs and the dances with which they were able to entertain even those aristocratic families were known to no other people and were called daikokumai singing the daikokumai was in fact a special hereditary art of the yama no mono and represented their highest comprehension of aesthetic and emotional matters in former times they could not obtain admittance to a respectable theatre and like the hachiya had theatres of their own it would be interesting my friend added to learn the origin of their songs and their dances for their songs are not in their own special dialect but in pure japanese and that they should have been able to preserve this oral literature without deterioration is especially remarkable from the fact that the yama no mono were never taught to read or write they could not even avail themselves of those new educational opportunities which the era of meiji has given to the masses prejudice is still far too strong to allow of their children being happy in a public school a small special school might be possible though there would perhaps be no small difficulty in obtaining willing teachers footnote one since the time this letter to the mail was written a primary school has been established for the yama no mono through the benevolence of matsue citizens superior to prejudice the undertaking did not escape severe local criticism but it seems to have proved successful End footnote one the hollow in which the village stands is immediately behind the buddhist cemetery of tokoji the settlement has its own shinto temple i was extremely surprised at the aspect of the place for i had expected to see a good deal of ugliness and filth on the contrary i saw a multitude of neat dwellings with pretty gardens about them and pictures on the walls of the rooms there were many trees the village was green with shrubs and plants and picturesque to an extreme degree for owing to the irregularity of the ground the tiny streets climbed up and down hill at all sorts of angles the loftiest street being fifty or sixty feet above the lowermost a large public bathhouse and a public laundry bore evidence that the yama no mono liked clean linen as well as their heimin neighbors on the other side of the hill a crowd soon gathered to look at the strangers who had come to their village a rare event for them the faces i saw seemed much like the faces of the heimin except that i fancied the ugly ones were uglier making the pretty ones appear more pretty by contrast there were one or two sinister faces recalling faces of gypsies that i had seen while some little girls on the other hand had remarkably pleasing features there were no exchanges of civilities as upon meeting heimin a japanese of the better class would as soon think of taking off his hat to a yama no mono as a west indian planter would think of bowing to a negro 
the yama no mono themselves usually show by their attitude that they expect no forms none of the men saluted us but some of the women on being kindly addressed made obeisance other women weaving coarse straw sandals an inferior quality of zori would answer only yes or no to questions and seemed to be suspicious of us my friend called my attention to the fact that the women were dressed differently from japanese women of the ordinary classes for example even among the very poorest heimin there are certain accepted laws of costume there are certain colors which may or may not be worn according to age but even elderly women among these people wear obi of bright red or variegated hues and kimono of a showy tint those of the women seen in the city streets selling or buying are the elders only the younger stay at home the elderly women always go into town with large baskets of a peculiar shape by which the fact that they are yama no mono is at once known numbers of these baskets were visible principally at the doors of the smaller dwellings they are carried on the back and are used to contain all that the yama no mono buy old paper old wearing apparel bottles broken glass and scrap metal a woman at last ventured to invite us to her house to look at some old colored prints she wished to sell thither we went and were as nicely received as in a heimin residence the pictures including a number of drawings by hiroshige proved to be worth buying and my friend then asked if we could have the pleasure of hearing the daikoku mai to my great satisfaction the proposal was well received and on our agreeing to pay a trifle to each singer a small band of neat-looking young girls whom we had not seen before made their appearance and prepared to sing while an old woman made ready to dance both the old woman and the girls provided themselves with curious instruments for the performance three girls had instruments shaped like mallets made of paper and bamboo these were intended to represent the hammer of daikoku they were held in the left hand a fan being waved in the right footnote two daikoku is the popular god of wealth ebisu is the patron of labor End footnote two other girls were provided with a kind of castanets two flat pieces of hard dark wood connected by a string six girls formed in a line before the house the old woman took her place facing the girls holding in her hands two little sticks one stick being notched along a part of its length by drawing it across the other stick a curious rattling noise was made my friend pointed out to me that the singers formed two distinct parties of three each those bearing the hammer and fan were the daikoku band they were to sing the ballads those with the castanets were the ebusu party and formed the chorus the old woman rubbed her little sticks together and from the throats of the daikoku band there rang out a clear sweet burst of song quite different from anything i had heard before in japan while the tapping of the castanets kept exact time to the syllabification of the words which were very rapidly uttered when the first three girls had sung a certain number of lines the voices of the other three joined in producing a very pleasant though untrained harmony and all sang the burden together then the daikoku party began another verse and after a certain interval the chorus was again sung in the meanwhile the old woman was dancing a very fantastic dance which provoked laughter from the crowd occasionally chanting a few comic words the song was not comic however it was a very pathetic ballad entitled yaoya oshichi yaoya oshichi was a beautiful girl who set fire to her own house in order to obtain another meeting with her lover 
an acolyte in a temple where she expected that her family would be obliged to take refuge after the fire but being detected and convicted of arson she was condemned by the severe law of that age to be burnt alive the sentence was carried into effect but the youth and beauty of the victim and the motive of her offence evoked a sympathy in the popular heart which found later expression in song and drama none of the performers except the old woman lifted the feet from the ground while singing but all swayed their bodies in time to the melody the singing lasted more than one hour during which the voices never failed in their quality and yet so far from being weary of it and although i could not understand a word uttered i felt very sorry when it was all over and with the pleasure received there came to the foreign listener also a strong sense of sympathy for the young singers victims of a prejudice so ancient that its origin is no longer known the foregoing extracts from my letter to the mail tell the history of my interest in the daikokumai at a later time i was able to procure through the kindness of my friend nishida sentaro of matsue written copies of three of the ballads as sung by the yama no mono and translations of these were afterwards made for me i now venture to offer my prose renderings of the ballads based on the translations referred to as examples of folk-song not devoid of interest an absolutely literal rendering executed with the utmost care and amply supplied with explanatory notes would be of course more worthy of the attention of a learned society such a version would however require a knowledge of japanese which i do not possess as well as much time and patient labour were the texts in themselves of value sufficient to justify a scholarly translation i should not have attempted any translation at all but i felt convinced that their interest was of a sort which could not be much diminished by a free and easy treatment from any purely literary point of view the texts are disappointing exhibiting no great power of imagination and nothing really worthy to be called poetical art while reading such verses we find ourselves very far away indeed from the veritable poetry of japan from those compositions which with a few chosen syllables only can either create a perfect coloured picture in the mind or bestir the finest sensations of memory with marvellous penetrative delicacy the daikokumai are extremely crude and their long popularity has been due i fancy rather to the very interesting manner of singing them than to any quality which could permit us to compare them with the old english ballads the legends upon which these chants were based still exist in many other forms including dramatic compositions i need scarcely refer to the vast number of artistic suggestions which they have given but i may observe that their influence in this regard has not yet passed away only a few months ago i saw a number of pretty cotton prints fresh from the mill picturing oguri hangwan making the horse onikage stand upon a chessboard whether the versions of the ballads i obtained in izumo were composed there or elsewhere i am quite unable to say but the stories of shuntokumaru oguri hangwan and yaoya oshichi are certainly well known in every part of japan together with these prose translations i submit to the society the original texts to which are appended some notes of interest about the local customs connected with the singing of the daikokumai about the symbols used by the dancers and about the comic phrases chanted at intervals during the performances phrases of which the coarse humour sometimes forbids any rendering all the ballads are written in the same measure 
exemplified by the first four lines of yaoya ushichi koe ni yoru nen no aki no skika tsuma yori mi oba kogasunari gonin musume no sanode iromo kawasanu edo zakura the chorus or hayashi does not seem to be sung at the end of a fixed number of lines but rather at the termination of certain parts of the recitative there is also no fixed limit to the number of singers in either band these may be very many or very few i think that the curious izumo way of singing the burden so that the vowel sounds in the word ia uttered by one band and in the word sore uttered by the other are made to blend together might be worth the attention of someone interested in japanese folk music indeed i am convinced that a very delightful and wholly unexplored field of study offers itself in japan to the student of folk music and popular chants the songs of the honen odori or harvest dances with their curious choruses the chants of the bon odori which differ in every district the strange snatches of song often sweet and weird that one hears from the rice fields or the mountain slopes in remote provinces have qualities totally different from those we are accustomed to associate with the idea of japanese music a charm indisputable even for western ears because not less in harmony with the nature inspiring it than the song of a bird or the shrilling of cicada to reproduce such melodies with their extraordinary fractional tones would be no easy task but i cannot help believing that the result would fully repay the labor not only do they represent a very ancient perhaps primitive musical sense they represent also something essentially characteristic of the race and there is surely much to be learned in regard to race emotion from the comparative study of folk music the fact however that few of those peculiarities which give so strange a charm to the old peasant chants are noticeable in the izumo manner of singing the daikoku mai would perhaps indicate that the latter are comparatively modern End of Appendix 1 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine